a break to clear my throat. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pie Factory Podcast. Red Zone Cuba. <sighs> I, I don't even, you know, I just watched that for the first time not terribly long ago and damned if I could remember anything from it. That movie was kind of nonsensical. Yeah, well, the Col- yeah I was going to say, which Coleman Francis movie isn't? But that one, especially because it was supposed to be like it. I mean, because Coleman Francis played himself and he was uh, like pretending he was like invading Cuba or some stuff. It was it was a weird, like almost stream of consciousness. Yeah. Thing. Uh. I really don't remember much about it either. <laughs> All other than what I just said there. I just remember my wife was watching it with me, and the most frequent thing that came out of her mouth was, huh? Or as Tom Servo would say, the uh, hell? Yep. Right. <sighs> so we should probably start the podcast now, huh? What podcast? This Week in Pie Factory. This Week in Pie or, Factory, huh? No, actually, what were we going to call this? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> You're listening to Groovy Space Combat. Ooh, yeah. No. Uh, yes, welcome, everyone. Pie Factory Podcast. And you uh, have here in the southern suburban area, well, southwestern, actually 10 west-southwestern uh, Chicago suburban area. This is uh, Jimmy G. And actually in the city, he's north northwest of downtown. Or are you due north of downtown? Uh, um, I think you're due north. Well, the thing is, where I am at roughly 1,450 west, and most of downtown is, say, between, I'd say... 600 west and 600 east so i'm north of downtown and a little bit west so you that would be north northwest ish yeah yeah ish it'd be probably north northwest north north northwest i'm just in the damn city of chicago okay there oh come on everybody needs to know where you live sean's address is oh even i don't know that i just know where you live i just drive by the neighborhood hey there's sean's house Actually, literally. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how I'm doing. I really, I really don't. It's you may have noticed that uh, we haven't uh, recorded in three weeks. No. Oh, you didn't notice? Oh, okay. Well, I, no. I noticed that. I, well, that that explains why you never did anything with the audio I recorded. Yeah. Uh, well. Um, actually, no. Hyde. Why Hyde never did anything? I was going to say, why the hell should I have to worry about that? Of course, you have to give it to Hyde, though, don't you? Yeah, I actually have to hand it over to him physically. I have to meet him yeah, in so person. I, I was right the first time. Yeah, yeah. But still, I I don't know. I just I I just don't want to think about what goes on behind the scenes here. I just want to do a podcast. I just want to get this out. You don't want to see out. the sausage being made. No, no, no. But let's see. Um, I've been getting on the bike a lot more lately. I did a 32-mile bike ride. I saw that. Last weekend. I was going to go further, but I had stuff to do, so I couldn't go further. I had to come back home. Yeah, Sean wanted to go further. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Yeah, I basically gumped my way all the way down to... uh, Oh, what the hell do they call that place today? Uh, What's the name they agreed on to use for this week? Guaranteed Rate Field. Hmm. I went down, I took the Lakefront Trail down all the way to 35th, and then I went west for a while until I reached what used to be New Comiskey Park. And then I turned around and headed back up north. Yes, and make sure that your corporate sponsor for your uh, for your baseball field has, as part of its uh, 
mark as part of its uh, branding a downward Down pointing arrow. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That's beautiful. Yeah, I gotta give I gotta give the White Sox some credit because they like, well, can you maybe change it to like you know home plate just for the field? And I thought, you know what? That's a, actually kind of a reasonable suggestion there. But they're like, nope. Our symbol is a downward pointing arrow. <sighs> I don't know. And then what was it before? It was U.S. Cellular Field. And um, mm-hmm. the last couple of years it was U.S. Cellular Field. U.S. Cellular didn't even service this state. Yeah, because they got bought out by Sprint? I, I don't know. Or someone? Uh, they still existed, just not here. They actually had their uh, their national call center on the str- um, just a couple of doors down from where I uh, currently work. Oh, really? They closed that up a few years ago, yeah. Huh. That had been there since... Wow, I think it had been there for like 20 years, the building they were in. And the way I understand it, they had a a fitness center and everything inside. I don't know who owns the building now. I should drive by there sometime. Yeah, do a little drive-by and, yeah. (laughs) This is Chicago, after all. Oh, 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 something that I can honestly say this time that I couldn't say the last time we recorded. I played some video games. Video games? Yeah, I, I I still haven't been to an arcade in a while, and... And I'm really upset about this. That includes Pixel Blast. I really wanted to go out there for their third anniversary oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. They had their third anniversary. Yeah, I but, really wanted to make it out there, too. Yeah, but, but I had life. I had prior commitments every... I had Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so I couldn't make it out, unfortunately. Well, you know what they say. Life, it's bigger. It's bigger than you, and you are not me. Or something. Something like that. I don't know. I, and well, Michael Stipe says that, anyway. Yeah, I got, I got to get back out there. So, they, they have such a cool place out oh, there, and they're shoot, really thinking nice of which, guys. Thinking of arcades, uh, the uh, guys huh. that run. Um, let me, let me, let me find the news here real quick, because um, people know that the Chicago Street Pinball Arcade oh, closed. Right. I believe they closed not too long ago, right? Uh, June fourteenth, but they they moved. Uh, they're no longer in Joliet. Mm-hmm. They're actually in the Yorktown Shopping Mall in uh, Lombard, Illinois. Oh, that's uh, where Yorktown is. Yes. Oh, okay. It's uh, just a stone's throw from uh, the Weber Grill restaurant, the Lombard oh. location. It's like right between Yorktown and um, Oakbrook Center. And uh, the name of the place is now the Game Show. Yes. And it's not just a uh, pinball arcade, but it's also they also have video games and stuff. Well, they had video games at Chicago Street Pinball Arcade, too. Oh, did they? you know what? I had never been in there, so there were most. I think there was at, the, at least when I was there, which was a couple of years ago. It was, I think, primarily multicades because they want to focus on pinball. Ah, okay. Apparently, the arcade's already open. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the address? They're actually in the Yorktown uh, Shopping Center, and they opened oh, okay. uh, Monday. So that makes another arcade in the southwest suburbs. That's um. Well, actually, that's more west than southwest, actually. But that's actually, like, inside a shopping center. Yeah, let me see uh, if I can find the map of this place. This was a oh, man. was always one of my favorite malls growing up. Yeah, I, go got, I, I got to go there for no other, other reason to have an excuse to go to the Weber Grill restaurant. That's my favorite restaurant. Actually, I wonder. Oh, and I'm so happy because, like, some time ago, Weber Grill restaurant completely changed their menu. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. Everything was new, and I was really upset about that because I, I love their barbecue chicken. Mm-hmm. They have since added a new section of their menu called Weber Classics. Really? Where they where they added like their most requested things from like since they were around. So they brought back the beer can chicken. They brought back the uh, 
the barbecue chicken that I liked. I just hope they bring back the smoked. The, they had really amazing smoked sausage. Uh-oh. Okay, first of all, Yorktown Shopping Center still has a Billy Goat uh, Tavern in the food court. Please, I work right above a Billy Goat Tavern practically. The I real one. one in a long time. But uh, it appears that the arcade is. Let me pull the map back up. On the lower level, uh, over by uh, J.C. Penney's. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the Yorktown Shopping Center Management Company has not paid to license the Google Maps API because their map says for development purposes only. <laughs> A lot of companies have been having that happen lately. Yeah. Now, you know what it is? Because um, where I the you know I'm a I'm a web developer for a living, and the site that I work on we use Google Maps API and. I know that even if you have the license, you're allowed a certain number of lookups. So if you didn't buy enough lookups, then people are going to have a hard time finding you on the map. Let's <laughs> be like, oh, you ran out of lookups, so you're going to have to wait until uh, the next time runs around or buy some more. But yeah, I've, I haven't been to an arcade, but I've been playing some video games primarily on my flashback portable. Oh? Yeah, because, you know, I just come home and I'd just be too tired and I'll just veg out, catch up on the TiVo recordings, maybe do some of my side projects a little bit, but then I go to bed. My wife usually reads in bed, but I've lately been using the uh, flashback portable. I've been playing a lot of video pinball on that thing. I played the heck out of that game back in the uh, 80s, and it's still... I still like that better than Midnight Magic. That is still... I mean, yeah, it's not accurate pinball but it's fun as hell oh it's very fun and i would love to see an actual pinball machine that has the exact same setup just for s's and g's oh yeah i remember uh, i didn't get a chance to play it but a couple of years ago we were driving down to springfield for the 4-h fair and uh, or not the 4-h state fair and if we do it this year i'm gonna make a point to stop down there but uh we stopped at the uh the arcade in um can't remember if it was the one in, I think it was the one in um, Atlanta, Illinois, which is just south of McLean, about six miles. And they had a uh, video pinball machine. Oh, yeah. I remember you told me about that. And my daughter was, uh, my oldest daughter was playing the hell out of that machine, and she really, really liked it. But uh, I I never got a chance to play it, unfortunately. Ah. So, um, but, uh, and I think I said a while back, a few episodes ago, because I was wondering, or maybe I didn't mention it, but because I was wondering, because they don't have a website for their Atlanta, Illinois arcade anymore. But I, I emailed the proprietor of the one in McLean, and like I said, the um, name is escaping me for the moment. But the one in Atlanta is still open. They just don't promote it as much because of uh, where it's located. But um, it's kind of like in the Chamber of Commerce building in Atlanta, uh-huh. Illinois. It's right across the street from a muffler man, by the way. But they're still open, and I plan on going back there. And I believe they had a Space Encounters machine, and uh, I've got to go back if for no other reason than, than to play that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I mentioned it, I think, on the Space Encounters episode. I love that game. I haven't played it in a while, but I still love that one. So, yeah, so go out to Yorktown Center in Lombard, Illinois, and uh, check out the um, arcade, which I just mentioned, which I don't remember the name. Oh, yeah, and I also pl- uh, played a... Just once, I finally, finally connected my Atari 7800 after unpacking it from Midwest Gaming Classic. And uh, Mm -hmm. for those of you who aren't on Facebook and don't follow us on Facebook for whatever reason, because you're maybe not on Facebook for good reason or bad reason or any reason at all. (laughs) They're unfaithful. I actually actually streamed some 
gaming. I streamed uh, Baby Pac-Man. I got one of the pre-purchase copies. And th- thanks hugely to Bob DiCrescenzo for uh, yes, thanks, setting Bob. that up. Thank you so much, Bob. And I was lucky. I got I got one of the very last non-black cartridges. I got a blue one. Ooh. It looks really, really cool. So I played that. Oh, oh, oh. Um, oh, I'll, I'm going to save this later because we're going to have some addenda and errata. Oh. If, at least for me. I don't know about you. Uh, but I played that. And since we had just... Either we had just recorded or just released the Star Castle episode. I played some of that as well, the 2600 version. I played that on my 7800. Mm-hmm. It is so much easier than the arcade version. Oh, I don't doubt it. <laughs> Unless you, uh, I, I'm sure you could, there's some set. Actually, I don't think it has any settings on it. Maybe the difficulty switches, but that's it. I'll have to RTFM on that, but I, I don't know. It's a fine manual. It it is a fine manual. It's a fabulous manual. It's very nicely done. Very nicely done. So yeah, I applaud them for that. And yeah, so yeah, things are things are getting a little bit back to somewhat uh, routine things to me because I started playing some video games again. Uh, What else? Um, One of the many I've I've I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I've mentioned it on Autobiography of a Schnook. By the way, if you're not listening to that one, listen to it. Even if it's not a even if Sean isn't is talking about a topic you might not be interested in, it's still entertaining. Well, finish this podcast first. Oh, of course. I I I mean, or else you're going to be very confused during both of them at the same time. That's true because one of them is recorded in the left channel and the other is recorded in the right channel. If you're listening to them at the same time. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless point, you can divide your attention that way, but I mentioned how I wish that there could be like five of me, so I could do everything that I want to do. And I'm starting to get back. I have a side project that I've been working on for literally six years now. I kind of let lay dormant that I'm getting back on that. Um, so I don't know. I still got to make the DVD of our 2014 vacation to Arizona. Huh. So procrastination. I actually had it done, but the software I was going to use to burn it just kept crashing, and I, I couldn't get it to work, and it eventually corrupted the uh, my file, so I had to do it all over again. And I think I'm only about a third of the way through it, and I've been a third of the way through for a couple years now. Hmm. So what have you been up to in the last uh, three weeks? I've been playing some games. Um, oh, I tell. just uh, found, I just, I haven't messed with my uh, Mateos cart in a while, and uh, it appears that my Pokey chip might be out. Again? Well, it wasn't out the first time. It was. Uh, it needed to be reseeded. Uh, I haven't done that with this with uh, with it this time yet. So I'm going to try that again. But uh, but it was kind of weird and not being able to enjoy some pokey sounds on, like say, Super Circus Atari and Bentley Bear. But uh, but I've been playing uh, some Akari Warriors on the 7800. I really like that game on the 7800. I thought that did a good job with that. I think, as one reviewer said, though, they could have done a little bit something, something a little bit different with the uh, death animations because it's not apparent when you've actually killed something sometimes, and I agree with that. But otherwise, it's a fine, fine game. Well, here's a suggestion for anybody who wants to develop for these classic consoles. Death animation, just use a cross, just like with uh, Death Race 2000. But, uh, the thing with Akari Warriors, though, it's based on the arcade game, and they basically, the, the enemies basically die in the same way. It's just... It's not as obvious as it could be, but um, I've also been playing a little bit on my master system lately. I've been toying with oh. boxing that up and uh, getting my uh, and hooking my eight bit up uh, permanently since that uh, power supply thing I was told about several epi- episodes ago works s- smashingly. 
Uh, basically, it's uh, just a power cord for this for the eight bit computer that will plug into uh, any uh, almost any standard cell phone charger. That is wild right there. And you know what? And I asked about that on the 7800 form, if they could do it with something like that with the 7800, and they're like, there's something different with the way that the 7800 handles the power versus the computer, which was a... Wait, maybe... It was a bit of a shock to me, but seeing as the 7800 doesn't actually emulate the Atari 2600, but basically has a 2600 built in, the 7800 specific stuff versus the 2600 versus stuff must both have different voltage levels, so... I guess I can understand it, but but I played, um, for some reason the other night, I was playing a lot of Gauntlet on the Sega Master System, and um, I did a really good job with that version. I almost like playing that better than the arcade version. So I was playing some of that, and uh, I got this SD card with all of these uh, all these imports and stuff, and prototypes and what have you, and ports from the, uh, the Sega Game Gear. And um, the, the one thing with having like a flash card or something like that that can play all the ROMs, you get all the ROMs, and you just get like it's it's like kind of what I am like when I go to Gallop and go. So just so much to play, you just like yeah, you get confused. At where do you start? And in since you don't have to pay for each one, it's like each game. It's like I don't know. It feels like you're less choosy, and then therefore more susceptible to have a lousy time. I guess <laughs> <laughs> you know. I I don't know. All I know is just piggybacking on that. Anytime I leave Underground Retrocade or Galloping Ghost, I'm halfway home and it's like, ah, oh, crap! I forgot to play this game. I forgot yep. to play that game. Yep, I totally hear you on that one. But <sighs> I did I did hook up my XE for a little bit and yeah. um, a while back. And do I have that or did I emulate? Somebody on one of the um, one of the programming contests that uh, are up on Atari Age. Somebody actually did a port of the game Who Wants to Be a Millionaire for really? the uh, the Atari 8-bit computer. And um, not much in the way of fancy graphics because it's trying to conserve, you know, whatever. And th- that's really fun. I really like that. And the way that the, um, the question set is written, um, you can make your own questions and answers oh, really? to, the, to the game. And uh, it's, it's actually oh. really pretty easy to do. You just have to... Uh, Recompile the ROM afterwards, and I, they had all the tools and, and stuff. Uh, you stuff know there. what you need to do. Geography. You need to do what we're going to do for our hundredth episode. <gasps> oh ho 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 ho! Yes. Oh, oh oh yes yes. Wait, is that next one? No, this one's nine. No, this, this is ninety-eight. Yeah, this okay. This is episode ninety-eight. There, we 90- said the episode number. <laughs> Whoa! That was that was. We dodged a bullet right there. Only about fifteen minutes in. Yeah. Um. Actually, maybe. Maybe closer to 20. Yeah. Uh, but still. Yeah, well, hey, depends on how Hyde edits us. That's true. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. So, hmm. I think with that, we've got we've got a, a listener email. Should you do you want to go through this? Or you want to do it? Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, no, let's uh, take care of uh, the listener email because we haven't gotten one in a, w- a long time. Sure. And this is from my new Facebook friend, Eugenio. Ah, Eugenio. Yeah. Eugenio. Uh, so I'll, I'll do the first. Yeah. And he talks about, I think he talks about the games that we are going to discuss. Yes. So. I'll take the first four. Oh. Uh, you can take, uh, then you can take uh, up to number eight. And then when we talk about the first game, uh, when we oh. talk about your game, you can read his. And then when we talk about my game, I can read it. And I couldn't find his email because I was looking in my email folder for the job that I just quit last week. Oh. That's why. There you go. So, I'll start out here. <clears throat> Hello, Sean and Jim. 
Hello, Eugenio. I hope all is well. Sorry that it's been some time since I've sent feedback, but life has been busy. <laughs> don't I know it. <laughs> uh, you know that thing that you do to pay the bills? Uh, don't get me started. It's been a bit <laughs> crazier than usual over the past several months, and it's been difficult to sit down and write any sort of feedback. But, in all capitals, on oh. that is a big but. Uh, <clears throat> things yeah. have slowed down. That was supposed to be uh, European, by the way. Things have slowed down a bit now, and I am able to sit down and type some feedback for Pie Factory Podcast. So, here it is, guys. One, Super Xevious. Can't say I have seen this one in any arcade. Neither have I, but... And I don't believe there's a home port of this version of the game, either. There isn't. Uh, so, now, not having played this game, I can't say much about it. From reading about it, though, it seems not to be very different from the original Xevious. It just has some enemies added, and it appears to have higher difficulty. I do really enjoy playing the original Xevious, and I'm curious about this one. I may have to find the arcade machine so I can buy it and enjoy the game ROM through Maine. <laughs> I see what he did there. I see what he did there. Uh, New Rally X. Now, this one I am familiar with, but it has nothing to do with the arcade machine. My only experience with New Rally X comes from playing the game on my PSP. PlayStation Portable. This game, as well as a special arrangement and the original Rally X, are included in the Namco Museum Battle Collection on the PSP. I do enjoy all versions, but the arrangement mode is probably the coolest version to play because of the updated graphics and sounds. Though I've not played New Rally X on the arcade, I have played the original Rally X at retro events over the past few years. Of course, there's the 2600 port that is still being worked on for the original Rally X as well, which is rather good. Um, going back, Namco actually did release a few arcade games that had like three games in them. One had like Xevious, um, yeah. Xevious and Dig Dug and the Galaxian sequel. And it's like they had arrangement modes where um, the graphics were souped up and they threw some twists in there while retaining the original gameplay. Like, I remember the Dig Dug one had double-width rocks that you can drop on uh, the enemies, uh, which was kind of neat. But um, those are really fun, uh, the arrangements on some of those. So if you ever find an arcade with those, check them out. But uh, if you're going to play the original games, find the original cabinet. But if you want to play the arrangement modes, find these other Namco cabinets. They're, they're, well, worth, uh, they're well worth looking, uh, looking out for. Um, let's see, uh, number three, Zybots. My only experience with Berserk 3D, uh, I mean Zybots, comes from playing the, playing the game on my Atari Lynx, which I never did own that on the Lynx. Um, interestingly, though, many of us tend to see the game as a 3D version of Berserk. It was actually intended to be a sequel to Gauntlet, Gauntlet before it became Zybots. Uh, the change was due to issues with marketing at Atari, and then the decision was made to use Major Havoc as an inspiration for the game. Hmm. I don't know if I ever heard that. Uh, I've well, never seen an arcade now? machine for Zybots in the wild, but I'd love to have the chance to play it on an actual arcade machine. The Lynx version is nicely made and plays well. It's cool that you can link up, or that links up. I think that's actually the, uh, the actual technical term at Atari is actually links up to play with a friend. I believe the arcade did also allow for two players to simultaneously play together. Uh, yes, they did allow for two players. And uh, yes, uh, we did mention in the episode that it was actually intended to be Gauntlet. It's a yeah, great game. I, think we I like it, but I think I liked it more in the way back when, when I originally played it, than I do now. I think to me it's just like a little slower moving than I like it to be. But anyway, you know, I have to throw in here. If I'm sometimes when we're reading these emails and uh, we're talking about a game we talked on the show, sometimes I'll talk about it in a little more glowing or or uh, less enthusiastic terms than when we originally talked about it. Uh, the thing is, with any of this stuff. No matter what you're reviewing, over time your opinions change all the time. With the exception of my uh, my two <laughs> my most favorite movies of all time, which are Tremors and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the rest of my top ten always changes. Always. It's weird how that happens. 
So there you go, I guess. But um, uh, number three is, or we did that one. Number four, Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters. Coolest video game title of all time. Not a game I've ever seen. Not in an arcade or even a home port of. Can't really say anything about it other than you made me curious. Come out it, here again and go to Galloping Ghost, you'll see it. Yep. It appears to have a couple of home ports, so, I may, so maybe I can find the Atari ST one and give it a spin. Okay, I have played the Atari ST version, and the it played rather, it, it played pretty much, pretty um, faithfully, but the only real, but the biggest problem with that port of the game, and I don't know if the Amiga had version had it or not, I'm guessing it probably didn't, but whereas in the arcade game, your character is pretty much always in the middle and the screen scrolls around the maze, you know, yeah. smoothly. In the ST version, when you get to the edge of the screen, it halts and then scrolls the screen and then halts and scrolls the screen. I think the Atari ST had some scrolling issues with uh, with uh, some games or maybe it was a memory issue. I don't know, but it was. Uh, oh, it was on Amiga, by the way. It was on Amiga. Right. Yeah. But I'm just and wondering. And the Sam Coupe as well. Don't forget that. And what? Sam Coupe. Sam Coupe. Yes. Uh, okay. You have to listen to our episode about it to uh, hear okay. more. All right. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Ah, motorcycles. Huh. Huh. Nice to have it. 9 p.m. in your neighborhood. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, first four Try of living his... by a fire station. I used to live a half a block away from a biker bar. Yeah. Yes. And it wasn't a biker bar when we moved in. It turned into a biker bar a couple years oh. after we moved into the neighborhood. So, at any rate, so, uh, Sean, why don't you take the next couple? Oh, indeed. And I just found uh, Eugenio's email, and I just lost it again. Uh, oh, it was from uh, it was from Sunday. Up oh, here it is. Here it Sunday, is. Here it Sunday, is. Sunday. And let's see. He. <laughs> Punch out! Would you believe me if I told you I've never played the arcade version of this game? Actually, yes, I would, because I never did until we... Uh, Decided to cover it. Anyway, um, back to you, Hineo. I know this is a game many people talk highly about, but boxing has never been of much interest to me, so I just avoided playing this game. I've seen this at arcades for years, but not once have I given it a try. I have also not tried the NES version, though I did recently watch a video on YouTube of somebody playing a perfect game of that version. Why did I pound my fist into my hand when I... I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, it was amazing because he knocked out every boxer he played against in seconds. I'm adding a link to the video at the end of the email if you want to watch it. Uh, I think he's doing that even if we don't want to watch it, by the way. Um, I watched by it, the, by the way. By the way, did you guys know there's a clone of this game for the Atari 2600? Did you know about that, Jimmy G? You know what? I think I do remember that. Huh. It's um, called KO Cruiser, and you can find it in the Atari Age store. He's got it's a rather link. impressive clone. Oh, and there's a video. Given. Yes, I remember watching the, uh, it's from 2009, I remember watching the development of this. Huh. Okay, that is pretty cool. I'm watching, I'm looking at the sample video now. And by the way, we will put both of these links that Eugenio sent us in our show notes as I'm gonna well. I'm going to have to get this. This is nice. This looks nice. It does, re- it does look nice. Yeah. The enemy sprite animations are amazing. Oh, not the animation, but the looks on the characters. Hmm. Holy cow, this is... Wow. I mean, Good it's job, as Devin. As, it's as high res as an Atari 2600 game can get, but... This this is really good. And it gets really good reviews. The lowest yeah. review it's got is four stars. Yep. And it's only, cho- it's only uh, knocked down one star because of the, uh, because of the music. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
That is, that's really something. Thank you for pointing that out, Eugenio. I did not, I personally did not know about that. I knew about it, but I totally forgot about it until he mentioned it. Holy crap. All right, should we go on? Yes. All right, number six, league bowling. Unlike boxing, bowling is a sport I enjoy. I even took classes when in college. You know, all right, I'm going to interrupt myself. I actually considered that very briefly. I don't know why. Because I would have had no way to get to the bowling alley because I didn't have a car. But I don't know. Anyway, despite that, this is another arcade game I have never played as I've never seen it. Well, neither have I. But uh, I'm going to have to see if one of those shows up at PRGE or FPF. That is Free Play Florida. Yeah. My experience with bowling video games and retro systems comes from the 2600 and Intellivision games. I never played bowling on the Intellivision. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry, you. Anyway. <laughs> These are both fun versions, although the Intellivision bowling game looks far better than the 2600. It's more sophisticated. Oh, my God. That is sacrilege right there, bub. No bowling game is better than the 2600 bowling. Well, he says it looks better and is more sophisticated, which is true, but that doesn't necessarily mean no, the game no. is better. No, the orange background and the dark blue outlines, that is bowling. That is the most beautiful bowling ever right there. And the two overlapping rectangles that make the ball, oh my God, how can that's the most beautiful looking bowling. 2600 bowling is one title that I go out of all the other titles that I have for the 2600, th- that and Adventure are probably the two that I play the most. Oh, God. Love, I love, love, love 2600 bowling. But anyway, uh, Eugenio goes on to say, that's not to say the 2600 version is not fun. As simple as it is, it definitely is an enjoyable game to play. Oh, thinking of it, uh, 2600 bowling, um, the No Square Swear Gamer, No Square, No Swear Gamer just <laughs> recently reviewed 2600 bowling on his YouTube channel. Oh, really? Just in okay. the last uh, week or so. All right. And uh, we'll, we, we should probably link that in the show notes, too. And let me see. Uh, Hyde, Hyde can provide the sound effect. You don't need to worry about that there. Yeah, I like to. Hyde, Hyde you can like edit to, out Jim's sound effect. Um, I like to remind him. And I think he knows. Um, it's been, He's been working with us for, what, four years now? He knows. Uh, let's see. Um, as simple as it is, definitely an enjoyable game to play. I do have to say, though, that I've always wished for real sports bowling for the 2600. With all the new ways programmers make games for the 2600, it should be doable. No. I don't want a new bowling game for the 2600. I think the one that it has is perfect. I do think there should be a bowling game for the 7800. Hmm. The 7800 needs more sports games of better quality than what we've got. As I've said before, all the golf and all the basketball games on the 7800 are great, but the football and uh, baseball games on the 7800, not so much. Get a bowling game on the 7800, somebody. And see if you can get it to uh, use a trackball. Yes. Kind of like kind of like uh, Capcom bowling or Simpsons mm-hmm. bowling. Uh. Yes. And Eugenio talks about uh, next the two games we talked about in episode 97. Uh, Super Breakout. My only experience from Super Breakout comes from playing the Atari 5200 version. Wow. Um, I played Wait. Breakout on the 2600, oh, okay. but never really bothered with the 2600 version of Super Breakout. I also have never bothered playing the arcade game, even though I've seen machines for it at PRGE and FPF. I can't say I'm as much of a fan of this game, given the updated versions of the game's formula that exist. Arkanoid, anyone? Which, uh, somebody's homebrewing a uh, version of Arkanoid for the 7800. Yes, yes. And so far, it's looking nice. It's looking nice. Did they implement the... uh, 
the droppy things yet? The power-ups, the capsules? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually uh, looked at the thread in a little bit. Last time I saw it, it was just... Uh, yeah, they want to get the breakout. basics of the, the game yeah, down first. Totally understoodable. Yeah. Understoodable? Understoodable. Understood. That is now <sighs> a word. Understoodable. Understoodable. Hmm. Uh, let's see. You guys mentioned. Uh, oh, I dropped down a paragraph. <laughs> On the twenty six hundred, I'm pref- I much prefer playing Star Paths Fireball. I have never played that. I'll have to try that. Huh. And on the 7800, I'd rather play Crazy Bricks, a take on Arkanoid made by Bob Crescenzo. Okay. Huh. I have to say here on 2600 Super Breakout versus Breakout, some people would say that if you have Super Breakout, you do not need uh, 2600 Breakout. However, there is one variation yes. on the 2600 Breakout that is not on the Super Breakout cartridge, which I think is... Um, I wish I think everybody needs to play. Well, maybe not, but I mean, it's the best variation on that one, and it's called Breakthrough. Oh, the ball yeah. ball goes all the way through the wall and back out. That alone is the reason to have Breakout on the 2600. Yeah, honestly, when we got it, I played regular Breakout a few times. I'm like, meh. But uh, when I loaded, uh, break, when I selected break, the Breakthrough variations, I was addicted. Especially on the breakthrough with the steerable ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you steer it, the ball as it goes up, but once it hits the top wall, it's no longer steerable. Yeah, you don't get the steerable ball in Super Breakout no. either. And I, you also don't get the two-player the two consecutive play on Super Breakout. You can, get, no. you can do that on Breakout. And it, I, I believe on Breakout on the 2600, um, there is uh, four-player versions with two people of paddles. With two, If you have two oh. sets of paddles, two people at the same time. It's like two players go, and then two players go. There's one thing that for years has kept me from playing Breakout, though. Oh? On the 2600. What's that? Only two rounds. That's true. I, I think the highest score like I can get is 256. I, I don't like that. I want to, Super Breakout, you keep playing until, until right. you lose all your um, objects that you hit up and down. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, you, Hineal. Uh Sorry that we basically monopolize the super breakout talk there so let's move on to star castle in which uh, eugenio says vector games have always held a special place for me because of how sharp they look whether they are monochromatic or in color these games never look old because of how they are drawn on the screen back in the 80s that, that sounded weird uh, let me try that again back in the 80s i always looked for these arcade machines when i went to the local arcade Nowadays, I look for them when I attend retro gaming events, and I can say that I've had the chance to play Star Castle on an arcade machine multiple times. What can I say about it? Well, damn, this is a hard game, bang, bang, bang. Ironically, I was first introduced to this game when I bought a Vectrex over a decade ago, and I had no clue what it was about, but I immediately knew it was a tough game. The Vectrek uses the overlay to give the game some color, but that's not really necessary to enjoy the game. Oh, that is so true. A lot of Vectrex yeah. games, you don't really you can enjoy it without the overlay. The arcade and the Vectrex port are equally difficult, but despite that, I find myself going back to the game whenever I can. Either I'm a masochist or I'm somehow deluded that I can last much longer than the last time I played it. I guess I just find it addicting. Uh, speaking of addicting, another game that is pretty addicting is the game Howard Scott Warshaw developed as he tried to adapt Star Castle for the 2600 Yars Revenge. I remember when I first learned about how that, did I, did I mess that up? Uh, yeah, he actually said, I remember when I first learned about that, how surprised I was. There we go. I am not sure I agree with Jim that people would have accepted Yars Revenge as a port of Star Castle back then. Ha <laughs> ha. I think Howard's idea worked out best. 
Of course, years later, the 2600 got not one, but two different ports of Star Castle. You guys mentioned the one available in the Atari Age store, Star Castle Arcade. But there is another version that was funded through Kickstarter that is simply called Star Castle. And of course, he links that, and we will also send that link from Eugenio to all of you. And of course, as I type, as I read that, I am putting the link up on my own browser. I'm not sure if you had a chance to see that version. Both are rather impressive versions of the game on the system. Yeah, I have the uh, thingy open right now. Oh, wow, the guy who developed the one on Kickstarter is a former Atari programmer. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. This is a Kickstarter from 2012. If this is any indication, then it's got a similar problem that I had with Star Castle Arcade in that it's kind of dim. It's kind of difficult to see, but I don't know. That just might be, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And of course, in his email, um, Eugenio talks about the games we're talking about tonight, and I think we'll just hold off on those for now. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, you got the, uh, well, I was going to say the shorter end of the stick, but you got the longer end of the stick because uh, the game that you uh, you took is longer, so. Well, that, that's actually a good thing for me personally, so, yeah. Bad thing for me, but. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so, it was great to hear from you, Eugenio. Yes. Did I? I cannot no. talk. Great to hear from you. Eugenio, it was wonderful to hear from you. You know what? We should have a, a make a new holiday for him and put it on, like, I don't know. Let's say exactly six months from uh, from Christmas. Let's say uh, June twenty fifth. Ooh, which is my that's Leon birthday. Day though. You don't want to give him that. Well, but th- that could be Yule Henio. Yule Henio. Oh, 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 Yule Henio. Oh yeah, you know Christmas rolls around. We'll just wish everybody a, a happy Yule Yule Henio. Let's make it August. There are no holidays in August. Arbor Day. That's not really a holiday. It's just no. the time to plant a tree. If you don't, it doesn't count as a holiday if you don't get it off. Uh, like my honeymoon. Oh! No! <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> uh. Okay, now I'm curious. Are there any August holidays? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Republic Day. Oh, here's one we have to celebrate. Republic Friday, August Day. 2nd. International Beer Day. And it's also National Ice Cream Sandwich Day and National Coloring Book Day. So do with that information as you will. Hmm. Ice Cream Sandwich, huh? I do like international beer, though. I love Guinness. I, one of these days, I'm gonna, I am gonna go to Europe and have a Guinness that's not made in the United States. Oh, Thursday, August first is Colorado Day. Huh. It's also National Mahjong Day. Oh, okay. Which Mahjong though? Is it that's good actual point. Mahjong or, or is it the uh, clackety clackety uh, Mahjong? Let's see here, the one that uh, in in Mame. Two fifths of the game are mahjong games. Two fifths are versions of Star or of Street Fighter Two, and one fifth is pretty much every other game. Huh. Uh, let me see here if there's any holiday I've heard of. Real quick, <laughs> this is what a video game podcast sounds like, ladies and gentlemen. Most likely, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Do we have any female listeners? I don't know. I don't know. Wednesday, August twenty-first is Senior Citizens Day. Now I think he's pretty young, oh, so we don't. We can't. Saturday, August twenty-fourth is National Waffle Day. Ooh, oh, that might be the day that I convince my wife that I that we need to go to. Um, oh God, what's that oh, new suburban uh, place? Saturday, August thirty-first is National Trail Mix Day. So there you go. So anyway, thanks, you, Henio. We'll finish up your email yes. later on in the episode. But okay, uh, what's the waffle? Ha- what's that waffle joint where? Uh, actually, I think it's a pancake joint. Where they filmed that scene in uh, Blast Off Girls, 
the scene with Colonel Sanders. Walker Brothers, that's it. Yeah, it's Walker Brothers. Yeah. Might have to go there for National Pan. I've never been to a Walker Brothers. That might be a good excuse to go. I didn't even know that was a thing. But anyway, thank you. Thank you, Eugenio. Uh, You know what? I think there is a Walker Brothers. It's in uh, Wilmette, I think. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think they have a couple of locations still around. Oh, I'm thinking of Sap Brothers. That's a uh, That's in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, There's one in uh, LaSalle, Peru. Really? That's the furthest west location. We actually have a picture of a uh, Pennsylvania Sap Sap Brothers uh, hanging in our uh, hallway. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I understand you may have some addenda and or errata. Uh, I it's not that I may, it's that I do. All right, can we uh, get he the uh, scattered yes. frog uh, people to perform for us, please? Even though it's a recording. It'd be nice if there was a jazzy version of that. All right, Hyde's actually going to have to use the full length outro for this episode now because this is the first time in about th- I think three episodes that we had to. Um, a really? den that we had to correct some yeah. errorage or whatever. Errorage. Um, yeah, I realized probably about eh, 20 minutes after we finished the recording the previous episode that there was a lot that I totally forgot to mention about Super Breakout, the arcade game. Oh? For one thing, yes, oh indeed. For one thing, uh, I forgot to mention that in Europe, the game was licensed out to Sub Electro. Oh. And uh, it was called Super Knockout. Okay. And I'm looking at a picture of it right now. The cabinet, the marquee in the cabinet, it has a picture of a um, anthropomorphic rabbit standing up amid a uh, kind of a, tum- a uh, collapsing brick wall. He's wearing boxing gloves and his hands are in the air and he's smiling. So it's like a victorious rabbit. So uh, that's interesting. And the, and the bezel art has a rabbit thing going on too. So I don't know if there's some kind of a, a storyline that sub electro added to that hmm. or what. And uh, that came out, I think also in 1978 as did super breakout and also with super breakout. I just kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know if I got lazy or what, but I said, yeah, and there's, there's some um, ports that are mostly for modern systems. It's just the arcade version, those little package deals. Yeah, no, no. There was also a Game Boy Color version of Super Breakout. Oh. And what is fascinating, and it's, it does have the same variations that the arcade version does, but what's fascinating about this? Now, Jimmy G, who did Super Breakout? Atari. Atari. The credit screen... On the uh, Game Boy Color Super Breakout, it says copyright 1997 Hasbro Inc. Okay, which they did own Atari's uh, IPs then. Yeah, Hasbro Interactive Inc. And then it goes on to say Super Breakout is a trademark of Konami Company Limited. What? Copyright 1981 Konami, all rights reserved. And copyright 1998 Majesco Sales Incorporated. Majesco being headquartered in Hazlitt, New Jersey. <laughs> Not terribly far from where I used to live. But yeah, it's uh, it, Konami. I was like, the hell? So I, I did a little bit of hunting on there. And apparently the belief is that Super Breakout for the Game Boy Color was kind of rush released. And a lot of the code from it was borrowed from a Frogger port. And they forgot to change the uh, Konami part to Atari. Oh, I see. And this and the eighty one to seventy eight. So 
That's what the belief is. How do you reuse code from Frogger for Super Breakout? I don't know. It might be like, it, it might just be that they use like some routines to like start the game or select right. the screen. Well, that you could know. Be. It could be the, not necessarily the gameplay code, but the application code itself. Like, yeah, we'll just use the same. I mean, I don't know. I've played neither Frogger nor Super Breakout on the Game Boy Color. So I don't know. If I had been a less lazy podcaster, perhaps I would have investigated a little bit further. But no, I'm lazy. I'm lazy. So yeah. And um, I think that was all I had for Addenda and Errata. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that I forgot to mention? Perhaps I don't know. I do want to make one real, real quick announcement, uh, and that is to everybody who donated uh, for my bike MS ride. Uh, just oh. telling you right now, thank you. So uh, there you go. Ah, and I think and, we should close it. Yes, I also extend that uh, thanks for helping out Jimmy G there. Also, didn't you also do a charity thing? Or are you doing one currently? I no no I'm uh, not until November. That's going to oh, be extra life. Oh, that's right. You're life. doing the uh, yeah. yeah, the extra life. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I used I, there was one time I tried a bikey thing for charity, but I couldn't really get a lot of uh, support for that. And I think in retrospect, it might be because it seemed a little bit shady. I mean, it's it was totally legit, but mm-hmm. the way that this play this uh, organization presents itself, it sounds like a scam. It's not, but it right. it sounds like it is. Appearances are everything. Sure, sure, yeah, and I, and pe- if people didn't want to donate, I really don't blame them at all. I think I met my goal, but barely, barely. Um, but anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. We should probably talk about Vija games. Vija, yeah, V I D J A. Yeah. So what do we want to do here? Which game? I I don't know. I I haven't made up my mind. Um. It's okay. like Toledo. I still ain't made my mind up about it. About Toledo? Sure, why not? So, okay, um, you know, let's just go with Willow. Ah. Ah, Willow. Uh-huh. Yes, Willow. Willow. Aha, Willow. Uh, Huzzah, Willow. Willow is a 1989 game from Capcom uh, using a raster monitor, which is horizontally mounted. Oh, huh. it's a eight-way joystick with two buttons, one for fire or swing. Uh, fire if you're one character, swing if you're the other, and a jump button. Now, this game is based on the 1988 film starring Warwick Davis, whose other famous roles are Wicket the Ewok from uh, Return of the Jedi or the Leprechaun from the Leprechaun horror films. Oh, God, there was one line I wanted to insert, even though it has nothing to do with it. A friend with weed is a friend indeed, but a friend with gold is a friend to behold. A friend with weed is a friend indeed, but a friend with gold is the best I'm told. Okay. Um, okay. And the movie also had Val Kilmer in it in one of the main roles. and He's most famous for playing both Batman and Jim Morrison. <laughs> it was directed by Ron Howard, uh, Richie Cunningham, who was most well-known for a lot of things, including directing some really bad movies and uh, some underrated movies like the Star Wars Solo movie, which I really liked. I thought it was a great film. That was Ron Howard? Well, it was originally someone else, but Disney didn't like the direction the movie was headed, so they brought in uh, Ron Howard to fix the movie. Uh, And it was, of course, produced by Lucasfilm, based on an idea George Lucas had back in 1972. So... 
That was around. Uh, what was it? Um, what was his uh, his original movie that he got famous for? THX eleven sixty eight or eleven thirty eight? No, it was uh, it was like a American teenage, Graffiti. American Graffiti. Thank you. That's it. so. Anyway, this um, game is a side-scrolling shooting platformer, and uh, the plot is the player controls either Willow Uffgood or Mad Mardigan. <laughs> In the movie, uh, Willow was played by Warwick Davis, and Mad Mardigan was by uh, Val Kilmer. His career went nowhere. God, I um, forgot he was in that. And uh, in their quest to rescue a baby from evil sorceress Queen Bavmorda, the player controls Willow or Mad Mardigan, depending on the level. Uh, Willow shoots moon magic, and Mad Mardigan swings a sword. Of course, um, every so often in the game, there is a shop that sells different upgrades, and uh, almost every time a player kills an enemy, they will release coins so that you can spend them in, this, in the stores. Now, if you hold the um, attack button, your fire slash swing button, you will power up your attacks. And if you want to what they call power jump, you hold the joystick up and press the jump button. Scoring in the game, uh, a lot of scoring here. Our Archer will be 50 points, 10 golds. Next Thor, 200 points, 10 golds. Bat, 200 points, 10 golds. Uh, you know, I'm not going to read through these. There's a whole lot of points and golds to be, uh, to be had. Uh, however, at the end of the game... You get oh I did forget to mention that uh, you do have a life bar and every time you get hit it takes a point off of it and um, one other we're going to talk about uh, about one other thing that happens with the life bar later on when uh, I give my impression of the game now at the end of the game you get a bonus for the time in seconds each each level is timed anywhere from two to five and a half minutes. You get 100 points times the stage number. So let's say you're on stage two, and you have, let's say, 10 seconds left. So you get um, 200 base points times level two. That means you'd get 400 points for your time left at the end. You also get a bonus for the life you have left in the number of bars that you have. So it's times 100 times the stage number again. Now, there are six stages in the game, and they're actually, uh, each stage is split into two with a boss halfway through. Uh, first stage is uh, what they call the crossroads, and you can only play the character of Willow. Uh, at the end of the crossroads stage, you actually free Mad Mardigan, and uh, stage two is called Cherlindria's Forest, and you play this one as Mad Mardigan. And uh, there is a cart sequence at the end of this level that really, really pisses me off because it's so easy to fall off the cart. Willow's mm. driving the cart, and you're standing on the back of it trying to uh, to kill all of these enemies coming toward you, and it's just a pain in the ass, and, and to me, it's, like, too easy to fall off the side of it. Uh, you know, you're trying to reach a uh, an enemy, but um, I think I know what I'm doing wrong there. So, but, yeah, that's what it is. Um, stage three is Finraziel's Island, uh, and you have to play this level as Willow. There's a boat sequence near the end of this one. It's, um, I guess it's kind of similar to the cart sequence, just that you can't fall off the boat, which is a good thing. Stage four is Sorsha's Cap or Camp, and you play this one as Mad Mardigan, hmm. and you have to watch for, um, you snakes. know, other than all of the normal enemies, you have to uh, watch out for um, snakes. Watch out for snakes. Ah, thank you. You have to watch out for uh, snowballs rolling downhill. Stage five is Tyr Asleen's Castle, and you can actually choose which character you want to play on this level, either Willow or Mad Mardigan, but uh, I was reading some strategy on the game, and... Um, 
it's widely um, suggested you play Willow on this one because Willow's attack is you shoot something and it goes across the screen. You're shooting moon magic. Uh, however, Mad Mardigan swings a sword and you have to like be really close to the enemy unless you do a power-up to get you a little bit more space, but, you know, not much more. And the final level is uh, Nakmar Castle. And for the first half of it, you have to play Mad Mardigan, and the second half of it, you have to play Willow. Now, I mentioned about a store, and um, you can buy different items here. Now, remember that uh, Willow shoots magic, and um, Mad Mardigan has a sword, so you can buy, you can upgrade your magic. Uh, Moonlight magic for 850 gold, tornado magic for 2,000 gold, uh, gold magic for 4,500 gold, time magic for 8,000 gold, that just freezes all the enemies, explosive magic for 10,000 gold, or crystal magic, not crystal meth, crystal magic, for Ah. 15,000 gold, and you can upgrade your swords as well, uh, battle sword for 2,000, dragon sword for 4,000, battle blade for 6,000, and the ultimate sword for 10,000 gold. Miscellaneous items you can buy. You can buy Holy Water for 400 gold, which heals one of your hit points. Holy Liquor, which heals two hit points. It doesn't make you do anything stupid, though. Uh, a Charm Pendant for 500, uh, 1,000, 1,500 gold, etc. That ab- absorbs one hit point. Charm Ring for 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Absorbs two hit points. Charm Bracelet for 1,500, 3,000, or 4,500. Absorbs three hit points. Uh, Magic Bracelet for 250, 500, 1,000. And absorbs one magic attack on your character, and you can carry a maximum of three of those. You can get an extra, uh, extra hit point to your life for two thousand, five thousand, and then ten thousand gold, or free life for five thousand, twenty-five thousand, or eighty thousand gold. That gives you free men. And then there's a bunch of information that you can buy. Which any of these, any real game that gives you like an option to buy information, kind of a pointless endeavor because it's usually stuff you figure out anyway. Like. I'm going to give them away here. The first one is, uh, they tell you, first, we must meet with the warrior. The second one you can buy is, the quest stone is a legendary rock. The person that holds it will be blessed with good luck. Uh, stage two, this uh, this tavern is surrounded. You should get on the wagon and run away. Uh, next one is, the sergeant of the Nakmar troops will have will have unguarded moments when attacking. Uh, the next one, I have heard that a witch lives on Finraziel Island. Do you have the magic bracelet? A dragon lives in the back of the cave. Beware of his flames. Next one is, use a sled to go down the mountain. Avoid the boulder by jumping. Next one is, look for the brownie. Which, uh, the brownie in the movie was, uh, a character supposed to be like a cute little thing, kind of similar to, like, the Ewoks in Star Wars. Um, he should be a strong ally. Next one is, the two-headed dragon is a fearful creature. Are you capable of explosive magic? Well, I'm actually capable of explosive diarrhea, but that's something else. Um, Oh, yeah, very... Uh, well, you've got you've got explosive diarrhea though, so I sure do. Yeah, I, I'll post a picture if you want. Oh, please do. Oh. Uh, the next one is the corridor is a maze. Look for the true door, which that actually is uh, that actually it's probably the only hint in this whole thing that is actually helpful. The next one is beware of ba- Bavmorda's. Is it Bavmorda? Bavmorda. I've seen this spelled <laughs> both I ways. I, this is yet another movie video game which I've not seen the movie. Same here. Uh, with her magic, she can blow life into objects. There were no ports of this game. Uh, however, Capcom did release a Willow game for the NES, but it was a role-playing game and it was, had nothing to do with this with this game. As uh, they tend to uh, be. It just occurs to me, this is the fifth arcade game we've talked about that has something to do with George Lucas. Huh. All three of the Star Wars, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and this one. Ah, that's right, that's yep. right. 
So um, George Lucas had something to do with all of those. And uh, uh, this game has really good graphics and sound. I got to give it that. And um, it does. I, I do. I do agree. And, like I was saying, um, the second to last hint there, the corridor is a maze. Look for the true door. That's the only hint that you can buy that is worth something. But now that you know it, you don't have to buy it so you can save there yourself some gold. You go. And um, and that is true. It's like the the first of uh, part of stage six is a maze. You have to figure out which doors to go through to get to the end. And you got to also watch your timer, too, which I don't like that these like games that have a timer like this that doesn't don't really need it i mean like donkey kong is like understandable because it's like otherwise you'll just hang out forever and they need to move things along games like defender didn't have a a, a physical timer however you you took too long they sent out new enemies after you to uh to make you try to get through the level faster they had an incentive but just to have a timer for timer's sake i don't know i'm not a huge fan of the timer although you can't get bonus points for it so I guess there's something there to it, but so there's something else I was gonna say too uh, about this game. I already mentioned about how you, it's easy to fall off the cart in that one sequence. I played this game a few times. First of all, where have I ever seen this game, and where have I first played it? I know I've seen it in the arcade in the classic era, but I hmm. never played it until a couple of weeks ago because I never really had. When the movie Willow came out, it got mediocre reviews. I mean, it's I guess it's more widely more fondly remembered now, but I just, I don't know, it never stoked my imagination, and uh, I just really didn't care, so I didn't play the game. Um, Capcom basically made this game because they uh, wanted to use basically uh, characters that were already established instead of using Capcom's characters, because they thought Capcom's characters were more esoteric and wouldn't drive more people to play their games, but... uh, you know, if you're going to choose a movie, I would cho- would have chosen something different than Willow. It just didn't make sense to me. But I'm going to hold off on my final review of this game for now. But um, so, Sean, where does the first place you've seen this? And where's the first place you've played it? Uh, first, that is to be determined. As far as the first place you've seen it? Yes. And the first place I've played it. Because that's to, I've never, ever, ever, ever. Not to my memory, at least. And if I did see it, I wouldn't have been drawn to it. And as of now, there are only two arcades that cl- that are claimed to be in possession of it. One is in uh, Arkansas, and um, another is in uh, Brisbane, Australia, or outside of Brisbane, actually. I believe they pronounce so, it Brisbane. Brisbane. I don't care. I, I try to pronounce town names like the, the locals This do. is America, baby. Freedom intensifies. Ah. Oh, yeah. By the way, we are recording this on uh, 4th of July Eve. Yes, that's right. And uh, right outside my window, I can hear like like people starting to fire off some fireworks that there's no way they legally have. They sound kind of powerful, too. Actually, I'm just about a mile from uh, the Grundy County uh, fireworks celebration, which is oh. going on right now, actually. Oh, hey. Somebody needs to do a fireworks podcast. Ooh, there you go. I mean, we already yeah. have a Christmas-based podcast, so why not? Well, there are lots of Christmas-based podcasts. Well, there's yeah, one in particular, which I still actually yeah. haven't listened to, even though it's on my list. Oh, is it uh, the one that Mr. Peanut Butter hosts? I believe uh, so. Can't wait for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I swear it's got to be Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> because everything is like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> God, I love Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, and this, I got to say, I 
kind of enjoyed playing the game though in Mame. Um, I I did receive an arcade cabinet of Willow, but oh, really? my, my wife misplaced it. Uh, she's she thinks she put it behind the bed somewhere, but we can't find it. So I had to resort to Mame. Mm. Um, but um, I. I I did find myself enjoying it. I kind of like the gameplay. Uh, the only thing is, there's just something about it, it and this is a kind of the same thing that I had to ding Tinkle Pit on, is that it didn't feel like I was playing an arcade game. It felt like I was playing a home 16-bit console. Yes, it definitely had that feel. Just like we were we were talking about that with uh, what was the other game, Tinkle Pit. You made that point, and I think it does fit with this Which is as well. what I just said. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you said one of oh. the places this was in Arkansas? Yeah. That's the Arcadia Retrocade. That's where yes. Vic, Vic Sage works. Oh, okay. Of the um, Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast. Yes. Shout out to Vic. Hey, Vic. Hi. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast. I'm your host, Vic Sage. I'm working on that one. <clears throat> so... You know what? I've so. actually wanted to travel out to Fayetteville, Arkansas, just to uh, just to check that arcade out. To, to be perfectly honest, because it sounds like they got a lot of good stuff going on over there. I can't imagine it's a hugely long drive. I'm trying to remember where Fayetteville is. If that's over, I've never been to Arkansas, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's over by uh, the northwest corner of the state, down by where it's not too far from Walmart's headquarters. Well, color me fascinated to go down there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, and as usual, I bring this uh, podcast to a uh, screeching pretty halt? embarrassing halt here. Um, you know what? I would like to talk about the high scores, if you don't mind. Uh, I do mind, but talk about them anyway. Okay, well, Arcade.com doesn't have any listed. Twenty Galaxies also doesn't have any listed, except in the MAME uh, section, uh, where you have to use Wolf MAME. And the MAME Twin Galaxies record is held by Thomas Foster, uh, which uh, he submitted his um, MAME INP file on October 31st, 2009, and he scored 1,344,150. Oh, uh, wow. Personally, I'm pretty sure that all the times I played this, I never got more than five digits. So, Yeah, same here. You know what? We have to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas to play the game because if there's no high scores listed... Ooh, we could have the Arcade World Record. Yes. Oh. Oh, 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 ah, we have to make a road trip. Honey, I'm going to Arkansas. Why? To play a video game that I'm kind of so so about. I've always wanted to learn how to play the banjo. <laughs> hmm. Actually, more of a Tennessee thing, I think. Oh, well. Yeah, I, yeah, like I could just walk two and a half miles from home and learn that. But not this kind of banjo. Ah. Yeah. So, So there yeah. we are. Now, did you say you wanted to hold off on your uh, rating? Well, until, until after the... Uh, after you were done, but, um, um, all right, well, well then I guess I'll rate, I'll rate it. I'm going to rate it three out of five. And okay. The thing is, I'm going to be totally honest. Neither of these two games we're talking about thrilled me and made me want to play, but I did get curious when playing Willow because I was, it did kind of suck me in a little bit and I could see myself going for another attempt to do for, to, to do better on it. Mm-hmm. And get further in just to see what happens. I mean, yeah, I could probably watch a video on YouTube and see what happens, but eh. My issue with this game is the first time I played it, as I am wont to do, I 
with the game, especially I'm not familiar with, is I played with cheats on and played all the yeah. way through. And then I went back and played it quite a few times uh, without cheats. And um, with the cheats turned on, I was just happy. There were, like, places in the game where I would, like, die. And even with the cheats turned off, um, I would just die. And I would, they would. one thing I do like about this game is when you die, it doesn't take you back to, like, a checkpoint or to the beginning of the level. It basically puts you back right where you died. And it gives you a little leeway about, you know, getting back into the action, too. So I do have to give the game credit for that. Because that in this kind of game, sometimes you get screwed over um, especially yeah. with, with games that are difficult. But there were a few time places that were like that. And um, there was especially this one enemy. It was like a bomb thrower that takes a bazillion hits. It's like the strongest of the weak enemies, almost. And I was having the hell, a hell of a time getting past him with Willow. And eventually I figured out how to do it, but it, it just it just really pissed me off to the max. Um, this game is definitely a quarter muncher. Um, oh, yeah. I don't hate it. I do want to like it more than I do. And I think your assessment of this being the feel of having the feel of a, of a console game, which, let's be fair, is made by Capcom, and a lot of their arcade games feel like a console game. Yeah, that is true. And uh, not, so, not, that, that, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just what it is, you know? So I'm going to agree with you on this one, and I'm going to give this one a three also. Yeah. And, um, yeah, um, I might, I'll might. i probably come back to this one. I'm, I'm kind of a little upset that I uh, didn't play it in my uh, in my ute, but, uh, well, I can play it now, so. Well, what about Eugenio? What's he have to say about it? What does Eugenio have to say about it? He has to say, though I'm familiar with the movie upon which this game is adapted from, I cannot say I've ever played seen or played willow according to what i read on wikipedia the arcade version of willow's gameplay was inspired by ghouls and ghosts so i have to wonder if the game is just as difficult okay i don't think <laughs> the it's answer as to di- that from my opinion eugenio is hell no it is not as difficult no it is not as difficult <laughs> it has its own its, its own difficulty it has but it's challenges not i wouldn't really say that it's really it's it's got challenges it's it's the challenges that you can easily figure out too and I mean, not easily, 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 but you can kind of figure it out while, and go further. The, the, the key to this game is uh, trying to figure out how to uh, how to work the stores. Uh, I think that's why I was having so much trouble the first time, because I kept buying, trying to buy uh, upgrades that I couldn't buy. Because if you're playing as Willow, you can only buy the magic upgrades. If you're playing as uh, Mad Mardigan, you can only buy, like, the sword upgrades. Uh, you can't, like, buy it and then just have it when you eventually play that character have it apply at that point so you have to be playing the character to buy the upgrade hmm. so i mean you it's, it's possible to leave a store with like a lot of extra money but um yeah but yeah yeah a three for me too i want to yeah. like this more i'm gonna but i will play it again and uh, it might it might sure. draw me in so sure yeah i might play it again too but so are we done with uh willow and that just occurs to me i thought that the galloping ghost had it but they apparently don't no. obviously Oh, uh, so, so that's what I'm going to keep guessing every yeah. week. I'm going to alternate between that and Uncle Pooh. I'm going to alternate between Willow and iRobot. I have a feeling that they've got an iRobot somewhere. They're just if he, some problem. If he had shit. two tinkle pits, come yeah. on, he's got to have an iRobot somewhere <laughs> in his uh, little clutches. He's cornering the market on Uncle Pooh uh, PCBs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've man. gone up but in price. Are we um, finished with Willow? We're done with Willow. All right, then let's move on to Dragon's Breath. I was done with it the moment I saw it. Oh, I I know. Uh, 
So let's move on to uh, Dragon Spirits. Dragon Spirit, a game released in Namco. No, by ah. Namco. Aha, Dragon Spirit by Namco, released in Japan on June 20th, 1987. I think it was its worldwide date, too. But uh, it was licensed to Atari for North American distribution, mm -hmm. which many games were by Namco at that point, including Pac-Mania. Mm -hmm. We've um, explained that over and over. And... I'm actually going to, I always kind of jokingly said that uh, with Eugenio's feedback, he, bas he basically does our job. Well, I'm actually going to do that right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer simply to Eugenio for this. What he says about Dragon Spirit, he says, and I quote, I love dragons. So anytime I see a game with dragons, I immediately go to check it out. I discovered Dragon Spirit last year at FPF. The arcade machine was hidden in a corner all alone, where I noticed the word dragon on the marquee. I, of course, had to check it out, and so I did. I wasn't sure what to expect from the game, given many games with dragons are some sort of adventure game. I was pleasantly surprised to find out that Dragon Spirit was a vertical shooter. I immediately started to play it, and just as immediately, learned how tough the game was. I did not last long on my first try, or the second try, but I kept at it until I was able to figure things out. That's one of the advantages of free play. No quarters were lost in the various attempts at learning to play the game. I immediately checked for home ports of the game, and I discovered the Atari ST and the NES got ports. I bought the NES port and discovered it is not exactly a port of the arcade game. The game is called Dragon Spirit The New Legend and it adds a storyline between stages. This is typical of many NES ports, but at least the gameplay remains intact, as the game is pretty much the same vertical shooter the arcade game is. You just have to deal with the stories in between stages. Another change is that you control the shots and bombs separately. The Atari ST version, I think, looks better than the NES port, but it does not have the in-game music that the NES port does include, and the sound effects are not as well done. So, there is a trade-off with either version. I haven't tried any of the other ports, so I'm not sure how they compare to the arcade. And, uh, thank you, Yehenio. Yeah, I did oh, not wait, actually wait, wait. look hold into on, any on. of these. That, we, have to, I, we have to finish his email. Oh, okay. Going to the Final Frontier gaming, Yehenio. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, you want to redo that and actually say that together? No. Okay. That was just a thought. No. No, I, I don't want to do it. Okay, uh, that's fine. But yowzers. Um, 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 um. And one of the reasons that I kind of turn things over to you, Henio, for this is because he said it a hell of a lot better than I ever could. Because quite simply, try as I did, we mentioned we had three weeks between episodes. Mm -hmm. I tried so hard to get into this game and I just couldn't. It just lost all my focus. And even doing research on it, honestly, just turned me off and I, I I apologize for that but I did play the game uh, one thing that uh, Eugenio didn't mention is basically well he didn't actually get into the storyline uh, which is that you play a character uh, named Amol or Amul or something I don't know how it's pronounced and he turns into a dragon at the beginning of the game so he can go out and rescue Alicia, the princess of the kingdom, Mitgult. Alicia. And I'm just going to say this and be done with it. It's freaking Xevious. I was thinking the same thing. 
The game it plays the game, like Xevious. The controls are like Xevious. There's, there's there's two differences between this and Xevious, um, other than the theme. Yeah. There are power-ups in this game, which you have to get. Yes, yes. And there's no crosshair for your bombs. Yeah, that was a little that bit of a challenge That threw me off there. a bit. And maybe if it had something subtle, like maybe your shadow or something, but that, that would be fine. But, um, yeah, so those are the only two real differences, of, like I said, other than the theme between this and Xevious. This is Xevious, which makes me wonder if this started out as a Xevious sequel. You got to wonder, um, like, say, Super Xevious. Well, that's the second... Huh. Anyway, never mind. I don't consider Super Xevious a sequel. I consider it just a patch. I think what you just said there talked more about Super Xevious than our entire episode about Super Xevious. Yeah, probably. So, um, <laughs> of course, that was our April Fool's episodes. Well, the thing is, we said everything that needed to be said. That's true. We did. So, yeah. But Dragon's... I... I'm just going to let Mr. Horse explain my thoughts on Dragon Spirit. No, sir. I didn't like it. I don't know. I It wasn't that it's uh, as obviously supposed to be Xevious that turned me off. I th- There's just so much. I, this is just, a, it just might be me. It's simply, first of all, it has the word dragon in it. I'm quite the opposite of uh, Eugenio in that regard. In fact, something that I said before, like there was a time when it seemed that Every new game that Galloping Ghost was unveiling for a while had either the word dragon or ninja in it. <laughs> so I would joke, oh, I should write a PHP script that'll generate a new uh, Galloping Ghost game name. <laughs> so right away, just that turned it off because it was either going to be about dragons or about martial arts or something. Neither of which turns me on. I, I don't do the fantasy thing. Mm-hmm. I don't do the martial arts thing. Which is why if uh, Daniel Piscina's listening to, to this, he'll probably think, oh yeah, I could probably easily kick his ass. No, you absolutely can easily kick my ass. There's no problem about it. There's no question about that. And I give you permission to kick his ass. And Jim gives you permission, so. And then he'll probably kick my ass for giving him permission. <laughs> He's and a great guy. <laughs> the the, uh, the power-ups, I do like the power-ups, though. Especially mm-hmm. one of the earlier power-ups you get is you get a two-headed dragon. I love. I do love that thing about this game. That is so awesome. Yeah. It's kind of 1942-ish in that regard with yeah. the power-ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember if we mentioned this when we talked about 1942, by the way, but the POW that appears, uh-huh. it doesn't mean Prisoner of War. It's short for power-up. Power. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's and, typical with every Capcom game. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Every Capcom game that I had when back when I had an NES for the first time had the, the word pow. I always knew it was power-up. I actually don't huh. think I had any of the... I think I had 1943. No, I didn't have 1942. I don't... Huh. We know my opinions Anywho. on 1942. Anywho. Um, so what was I... What were we talking about? Were we talking about Pac-Man Plus here? Uh, courtesy to speak English. Um, oh, got to add a uh, Steve Martin reference to the spreadsheet. Uh, um, Let me see. But yeah, I, I love the two-headed dragon power-up. There, it's It's... I mean, it's nothing special. I mean, you get that same kind of power up in the Galaxian sequel and mm-hmm. all kinds of other, like, I think Gyrus has that too, where you have yeah. the double firepower and you, there's another power up where you basically spray fireballs mm-hmm. at all the enemies. And, uh, oh, yeah, the thing the is, firepower. it is so, it is so easy to lose a life in this game yeah. because it, 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 the, yeah. this is quite, this is, this is borderline bullet hell, really. Yeah. I would have borderline. <laughs> kind of like how I can borderline see that. Diabetics. I think my <laughs> problem with this game 
early on. Oh, first of all, I don't know if I've ever seen this in the arcade. Uh, I have played it. Uh, I do remember playing it on my Atari ST way back when. It's my first experience with this game. Uh, but then I have played it off and on in MAME. Uh, does, does Doc have this one? Yeah. Yeah, he has. Okay, it. maybe I've played it there then. I'm sure I have. It's been in every arcade I've ever been to, at least back in the era that it was uh, around. But again, I never would have noticed because dra- I see Dragon. I'm a, and that's also why I never played Dragon's Lair back then either. Because <laughs> I saw Dragon, it's like no thanks. But you know, but, I'm gonna I might as well go ahead and rate this. Um, I'm gonna yeah. give it a three because I don't hate it, and I do like Xevious type games. Uh, I do need to spend more time with it. Um, I could see myself getting into this, but it is, yeah, the bullet helly aspect of this. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing, too, when it comes to um, bullet hell uh, type games. There are some games later on in the bullet hell world that actually did it a lot, lot better. And I'm thinking of Raiden off the top of my head, uh, one of my favorite shooter up, shoot 'em up games of all time, uh, which that's one I think is on the spreadsheet. And um, this is an early, I can see your point of this being an early bullet hell, but the thing that confused me a lot early on with the game was uh, about the ground targets. Uh, because yeah, because I was expecting some sort of a crosshair or something to tell me, you know, where the bombs would land. Because that was just kind of a thing, you know, for that for that era. But I didn't have it, and that just that just threw me off. Uh, once I discovered how to use that, the game I liked it a little bit better. And the but, ground um, targets, a lot of them suddenly became become sky targets. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That yeah, that's that's annoying. I don't think I even made it up to the first boss. I did, but I think I might have. It might have been with continues, if I'm not mistaken, though. Yeah, after a while, I don't. I think I just didn't want to continue. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give yeah, this. Another, I'm think, gonna. I'm gonna give this a few more shots. But uh, for right now, you know, I'm rating it a three. You know, I probably should give it a few more shots. So I'm just gonna rate it a two for now, just simply two. because I literally had to force myself with every aspect of preparing for this game. I mean, I you know, no disrespect meant to our friend greg who suggested this it's just man i i don't know i just i just couldn't get into it i couldn't i tried i did honestly we, did oh did we go over the uh the scores and stuff for this one already i don't remember the scores we? well at orcade.com it shows phil hubbard having the record at six hundred fifteen thousand nine hundred and fifty, set may 30th 2003 during fun spot 5 which i believe may have been at the fun spot arcade in Laconia, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and Twin Galaxies shows him also as having their record submitted uh, June 3rd, 2010, with 579,750 points. So, yeah. So, Phil has both Orcade and Twin Galaxies records, and they're both different scores, too. So. Good on you, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Um, better than I will ever do on this <laughs> game. Um, there were, and yeah, I do believe there were some home ports, uh, there were all, there were some home ports. There were some sequels. Uh, let's see the home ports and yes, well, we heard about that from, I, um, from Eugenio, there was a sequel in 1990 called dragon saber. And what was unique about that in terms of dragon spirit was that two players could play simultaneously. Um, home ports, there was uh, TurboGrafx-16 also, in addition to uh, the NES, and of course the arcade version is on numerous 
Namco collections. Oh, of course. You know, I, wonder I don't if know if I, I, don't know if I call it Nam- numerous, but various. I wonder if maybe I've played this on a Namco collection, because I had all but one of them back in my PlayStation 1 days. Hmm. The, I mean, I, I will. Okay, I will have to give it this. They're, the graphics are nice. Yeah, the graphics they're, they're, they're and sound in this nice. game are really good. I do like them. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, just, this, this was this was a very difficult, yeah, a very difficult one for me. You're you're, you're generally not much of a, a shooter uh, fan. Um, mm, it it depends. I mean, I, I like Berserk and Frenzy and, and the Peed games. And, true, true, true. That is true. And Gyra, I like Gyrus. It, okay, it, well, it, it, it's the type of shooter yeah, game. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. And generally, the you more like the shooter, the, the less I like it. But I do, uh, having said that, I do highly enjoy. Oh, what the heck's the name of that that game that came out a few years ago where your commanding officer is a dog? Oh, um, oh, we gotta talk to those guys. Oh, God. The hell's the name of it? Something Cursor. Sky Cursor. There we go. And we are Cursor. I like that game a lot. That is a fun game. But, hey. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. All right, so Jimmy G, what did we agree the theme is? I don't know. Did we agree? Well, not between each other, we didn't. Well, these you are have both theme? games. These are both games that were suggested by uh, listener Greg Pol- Polander. But that can't be the theme, though. That can't be the theme. Um... The only theme I could come up with, and it's very kind of stretchy in terms of it, was that both of these games sound like Sega Genesis games. The sound effects sound so Sega Genesis. They're both based on fantasy themes. They're both based on fantasy themes, and but the thing is, there are a lot of fantasy games out there. Yeah, a lot. Um, and given that one is based more on a movie than anything else, I, I don't know that's that's oh, they stretchier. both have vowels. Uh, they both have vowels, and I, they both. I, I had bowel movements after I played both of them. You know, I think it's simply wondering. because I had a big meal each time. It wasn't because of the games. No. I wonder, 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 wonder. Where is it? Ah, here it is. Um, let me see here. They didn't come out in the same decade, so we can't stretch that. Oh, come They're on. They're made anagram, by different so companies. I'm seeing if maybe I can find an anagram of both, of both games. But the internet anagram server is taking its sweet time. Nagaram. <laughs> I see what they did there. The internet anagram server is also called I Rearrangement Servant. That's eh, taking too long. Um, I don't know. Um, well, actually, they both were released in the late '80s. I take it back. Yeah, they have something catchier. Uh, power ups. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, a widowing rip trolls. Hmm. I, oh, a priding willows tour. Going back to Willow, I did find that the first boss character, like that giant lion rat or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Uh huh. There, there is a tiny bit of a pattern that once you discover makes it not terribly hard to destroy that boss. I did notice that. So it's like once you get your rhythm down, it's cake. Oh my god, I want cake. A solid riding prowl. There you go. Willow and Dragon Spirit. A solid riding prowl. No, no. A wild rioting prowl. But in all seriousness, though, listen to the sound effects of these. It sound, they sound like they were ripped right from Sega Genesis. You're, you're right on that. Yeah. I think we just go, these are games suggested by Greg Polander. 
No, maybe he can contact us back with what he had in mind. Or maybe these are just games he wanted us to talk about. I am curious if Soul Blazer did have a um, a theme idea. A theme, yeah. It, I don't know about you, but for me, do they both have to do with a witch? I don't know. Oh, that is well, a wonderful. Actually, question. Willow was—it's technically a sorceress, but still, same thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a. What, what's the point of what's the main idea of Willow? To save a baby from a sorceress. Uh, well, otherwise, uh, if the baby gets killed, then the uh, the the sorceress takes over the the world. Well, um, you have to you have to save a princess in Dragon Spirit. Mm-hmm. So both of these games do involve rescuing somebody. They're basically your typical like uh, destroy enemies, destroy enemies, destroy enemies. Boss character repeat, lather, rinse, uh, fold, spindle, mutilate. And then CEO character, and then the uh, game's over with a happy rescue. Sure, why don't we go with that? Yeah, let's go with that. Did you, okay, did you get all that down, everybody? Pencils down. All right. So, yeah, that's um, so. I guess uh, that's uh, Willow and Dragon Spirit again. Both games suggested by our friend Greg Polander. Hey, Greg, who, who is the host of the Super NES podcast and um, place? Does he he does a PlayStation podcast too? Right. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we will have to link those in the show notes because we're that kind of guy. You're just that kind of person. I, oh man, I, t- I am so off today. I cannot talk. Good thing. The episode's just about over. It almost. Is. So with that, let's uh, thank some people, shall we? Oh, indeed. Let's thank some people. Indeedly do neighbor. Um, thank Maybe. you to the following people and organizations, etc. Richard grounds. Thank you. Richard Valdez. Thank you. D. Alex, Christian Williams, Keith Sheehan, Underground Retrocade, Franco Dragon, Atari Bytes, Rory Coleman, Kurt Musgrave, New Balance Phoenix Stores, Art Guglielmo, Jonas Rulo, Nate Lockhart, and congratulations on the birth of your new daughter, Nate. Uh, oh, Greg yes, Polander, Nate. Uh, Michael D'Angelo, and that's all the people with A's in their names and organizations with A's in their names. Now let's go to people who don't have A's in their names. Thank you also to Kyle Etter, PJ Steele. Tim Foley, and Steve Steiner. Why are we thanking these people? Because they have been kind enough to support us monetarily via Patreon.com. Oh, last-minute addition. Thanks to Airshack. Also, welcome, new sponsor, Airshack. Thank you so much. If you'd like to do that as well, listen to our booth announcer. She will tell you how you could do that, and we thank you very, very, very much. Yes, thank you. And uh, so that was episode uh, 98. What are we going to do for 99? Well, at the last minute, well, okay, within a couple of days of this episode, had an idea for a theme for episode 99. We're going to talk about two games we haven't talked about yet. Oh, you gave away the theme already. Oh, shoot. Actually, that was the theme of this episode. Um, Oh. No, the games we're going to talk about are Blaster and Cloak and Dagger. Blaster and Cloak and Dagger. Hmm. Blaster and Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. That sounds like Blaster a Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. That sounds like a uh, kind of a German, maybe old world Pennsylvania name. Hi, Mrs. Cloak yeah. and Dagger. I can see that. Mm, you can yawn too. Am I keeping yawn. you up? Am I mm. keeping you up? Yes, yes, you are. I All right. Know. Well, I guess with that, we'll uh, close out this episode of Pie Factory Podcast. All right. And once it's again, closed. this is uh, Jimmy G. And this is Sean. And uh, we'll catch you three weeks. Remember, we're on a three week schedule now. So yes. We'll yes. talk to y'all in three weeks. Yes. Edible cookie dough. Ooh, that's retarded. Bye bye.
This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is the Happy L composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Adenda and Arata was composed by Jim Goble. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on piefactorypodcast.com. Support the show at patreon.com slash piefactorypodcast. <laughs>